Hi everyone, welcome back to The Best Messes. In this episode, we're going to talk about our second daughter's birth, our second birth story, which was miles different from our first one. Thank goodness. <laughs> you know, we wanted a we wanted to have a birth in the birth center, but tur- it turned into a C-section because our baby was breech. Uh, but the, on our second birth, our second baby, everything was different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, everything was different from finding out that you were pregnant all the way up until birth. Yeah. Even after birth was completely different. Yeah, I remember like when we had decided to start trying for a second baby that I said, like I told you, I want to find a midwife first before we start trying because I want to make sure we have one like ready, lined up to go for a home birth. Or I think we, yeah, so, (laughs) yeah, so this, this pregnancy was a lot different. I don't know if we, like when we had talked about it, but I remember I like we started talking about a home birth, but I don't know if that was like like how far before we started trying. I mean, I know I I know that a home birth was mentioned briefly during our first during your first pregnancy, but I don't think it was ever mentioned as like I want to do this or we want to do this. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like once we, I mean, we interviewed a few midwives, and two of them were actually in the same group. Or all of them. Oh, they all the ones that we interviewed were actually in the same group. I mean, they're not in the same group, but they all like, they're they're all individual midwives, so they all have like their own business, but they all help each other. Like they all assist each other, and they all work out of like the same office building but they don't like work together if that makes sense so that like if if one of them is sick or at another birth when it's time for our baby to come they'll just get help from one of the other ones well now that we're talking about it i think i don't like i can't remember exactly when we started talking about actually doing a home birth because i remember researching other birth centers because I found out that the birth center in our hospital, I wouldn't be able to labor or birth in there because I had a C-section. So I remember I was doing research of other birth centers to see if I would be allowed to be in there, like use their facility. And so I don't know, like, it, like obviously it must have been like after we had said, like, let's have a second baby. But before we started looking into like midwives. Yeah, because I remember like I emailed a few people like there was like a new facility where they have like all like all their midwives are like nurses. And they even have like collab with like a doctor like an OB doctor that's like very pro like natural birth and like everything and I emailed them seeing if I would be like if I could have a home birth and they attended because I knew that you were very like still worried about it and they said no that that they couldn't do that that I would either have to deliver at the hospital using them or I could look into like an at-home midwife like an not a nurse midwife so I think that's after that's when we started looking in or me started to like convince you 
and show you everything of why a home birth. Yeah, I I was super worried about having a home birth just because of all the fear that gets ingrained into us from our society, like movies and I don't know, just everyone just talks about birth like all these things can go wrong and it's like this dire emergency. You have to get yourself to the hospital and it's completely unbearable and it's the most painful thing you can experience. It's worse than like getting your leg chopped off. <laughs> but um, in actuality, it's just like, I, I don't know how it, how we got to this this point, but like if you look at birth statistics outside of the U.S., don't quote me on the countries or anything, but I know that like a lot or most or all of Europe is like mo- the majority of their births are done with midwives and not at all with an OBGYN, which is actually a surgeon. Um, like the surgeon is treated as like, if something goes wrong, then get go to the OB as opposed to start with the OB. And yeah. Um, but anyway, like, because of all these things about, like, how I I kept hearing, I kept, and I'm just an anxious person, I just, like, thinking about a home birth just sounded so risky and unnecessarily risky and dangerous, and, but if you look at the, like, the way that a, a home birth is done with a midwife, uh, is, it's actually less risky than having a birth in the hospital. And there's various reasons for that, uh, like studies and everything. There are studies and everything, but uh, we'll cover that in another episode. Because uh, that could take like a that could easily take up a whole hour or more. Um, let's see. Another way that it was different, this pregnancy was different, was uh, that I actually got to see the pregnancy test first. So I was in the bathroom with with you when uh, when you took the test, and you know, like. You took the test, you looked away, and, or we covered it. We covered the pregnancy test. And then after two or three minutes or whatever it is, I was the one that took the thing off while you couldn't see it. And it was kind of funny. It, the line was so faint that I, I kind of stared at it because I wasn't sure. I, I thought I saw a line, but I wasn't confident. So you interpreted my hesitation as, it's negative. You're not pregnant. And he's trying to figure out how to put me down lightly <laughs> or something. I'm assuming that's what you thought. Yeah, you were just taking so long. And I was like, I think I even said like, oh, if, if you have to look at it that hard, then that's a negative. Because <laughs> <laughs> with our first, we, you know, I saw the pregnancy test before you, like you weren't even home, but we tried for three months. And this time I was assuming it was going to take longer, but we tried for one month and we got, well, I got pregnant right away. And I just assumed that it was going to take longer because it was the second baby. And everybody says that the second one takes longer. Not this time. So, yeah. So I saw that you were taking so long looking at it and I was like, okay, well, that means it's negative. And, yeah, you didn't even say, like, you're pregnant or it's positive. Like, you were just, like, you turned it around (laughs) for me to look at it. 
I really wanted to tell you, but like, I wasn't confident in my answer that there's a line there. <laughs> so I was like, I, I can't say yes or no, because I don't want to get your hopes up or like, you know, get you upset if there's no re neat reason for it. So I'm like, I'll just have you look. <laughs> um, so I was pretty sure, but I, I couldn't be, I didn't want, I wasn't confident enough to like say the wrong thing, <laughs> to risk saying the wrong thing. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, that leads us to another thing that ours was different or another way that this pregnancy was different in that, uh, this time we actually waited a couple weeks to tell people that we were that you were pregnant. Uh whereas last time we <laughs> were so excited we told everyone like pretty uh, like the same night for yeah. I know at least some people but maybe everyone. It was yeah, it was well, yeah, it was kind of it was my mom and sister right away, like well that night and then your parents like maybe 1 to 3 hours after them. And then your sister, maybe like a few week, like a week or a few weeks after that. And then after that, then I think we just announced on Facebook. Yeah, yeah this time we took a while. Yeah, we wanted to just have it, have that moment of knowing that we're going to have a second baby and, you know, just kind of celebrate that just kind of intimately without having to think about other people or any of that nonsense yeah because this time we we found out beginning of june like june 4th i think and then father's day was that like a few weeks later so we just waited those few weeks to tell everyone and i announced looks like i announced on facebook on father's day oh yeah that's right another way was that this pregnancy was different is that we didn't find out the baby's sex through like ultrasound appointments or anything. We didn't even know. We we didn't know until until she was here. Yeah, with our first we found out at the normal-ish time at the 20 week ultrasound cuz you know some people are are now getting like the blood test and finding out like super super right. early on. Well, we didn't do that. We just got the ultrasound at 20 weeks. But, yeah, this time. There were, like, some times where I really wanted to just, like, find out. And I kept going, like, back and forth, like, should we find out or should we keep it a secret? I'm glad you didn't pull a Pam. Yeah. Pam Beasley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I found out a few weeks ago. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and every time we would go get, like, the ultrasounds, I would be so scared that they would, like, accidentally say it or that they would, like, pan over it and I'd be able to tell because I, I was on the Facebook due date group and so many people would post, like, ultrasound pictures and, like, what do you guys think this is? So, and, like, everybody's like, that's definitely a girl or that's definitely a boy. Like, I got pretty well, or I, how do you say that? Like, I got... Like, what a boy or girl looks like with ultrasound. Hmm. So I was like, oh, gosh, I hope they don't, like, show them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we kind of already t said this, but, like, this time was different because we, our baby was born in our living room. Living slash dining room. The way our house is set up, it's, like, right in between the two. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, born in a pool. Or birthed a birthing pool. In water that was too hot. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, and then this time, we also didn't want any visitors at all postpartum. And honestly, like, we, since last pregnancy and birth was horrible, in my opinion, that, like, having people around, this time I was like, I don't want any people. It's like, like, I want to have my own time with the baby, like, for us to get into a routine. But, like, I also didn't want to be around anyone for, like, the last month and a half before for, before the due date. So that was, yeah, that was something definitely different. Because last time we just kept seeing everybody up until, up until she came. And this time we didn't see anybody for a whole, like, two months, basically. Yeah, and I, I loved that, like... If I could go back, I would do I would do our first birth like that, like where we just don't see anybody for like a month or something so that we can one get in a groove uh and two I don't know, just have that time alone, that that family time. Mhm. Yeah, last birth was very hectic in my opinion. Like postpartum, like everybody just kept coming and like staying over for hours yeah i definitely did not want that this time yeah and you didn't get it it was different and better (laughs) although the birth was better (laughs) the pregnancy was uh i would say a hell of a lot worse for you this time yeah yeah i think i'm just doomed to have horrible pregnancies yeah. I don't think pregnancy agrees with me. For the first one, maybe two, the first the first and second trimesters, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, the first pregnancy, you had some morning sickness that had me worried about the baby leaching your vital nutrients from you. Well, this one was like 10 times worse. Yeah. Uh, lid, I swear, there were... I'm so bad about keeping timelines straight, but I feel like there were periods where you literally didn't eat a single thing for like a full week. Yeah, I don't think I ate anything. I think I was just drinking, like trying to keep up with my fluids, but not so much eating. But yeah, this this time was a lot worse. I don't know, I can't remember exactly how many times I went to the hospital slash urgent care to get IV fluids, but yeah, last time I don't think I ever went to the hospital for fluids. I think I would just throw up in the morning and I I would feel fine for the rest of the day, but this time I would just constantly throw up and throw up and throw up. I will have a sip of water and I will throw that up. There's a term for like intense morning sickness like that, but I don't think you quite had that like diagnosis, was it? Um, when I went to the urgent care and like the little like discharge papers, they wrote that I had mild. I think it's like hyperemesis gravidarium or something like that. 
but yeah, the last time I went to urgent care, they said I had that. There was even like a point where where we were watching, or like I was watching maybe, I don't know, but I was watching Coley Ballinger's pregnancy vlogs, and she had a special person like or a special nurse or something like come to her house and give her IV fluids with like vitamins and like all these things that like we started to look into it because the hospital was crazy expensive and ridiculous or just sitting in a room by myself with fluids but I can't remember why that didn't work out or why they just didn't come to our area or something yeah it was that's exactly it they they don't come to our area um they they come to we live far enough from the city that it we could like almost maybe get it if we could convince them but <laughs> i couldn't get anybody to come out to us yeah so we just had to keep going to the hospital urgent care yeah and that was the worst part of pregnancy like not only am i throwing up and i can't eat food i can't even drink water but then now we have to like go to the hospital and get poked like how many times just for them to like get an iv in me you went at least four times we scheduled one or basically scheduled one uh we we went on a trip to mexico and for like a couple of weeks and <laughs> the day we were leaving i think we went to urgent care and then i came home and we left yeah yeah because we wanted to like minimize the chance of you getting dehydrated from just throwing up so much that we yeah we got you that iv drop or drip um the day that we left yeah so we could get you nice and hydrated right at the beginning and for some crazy reason you you never threw up once in mexico no nope, i didn't came even back and it all came back for you yeah the whole time we were there for what a a week and a half, maybe two weeks max there, in I Mexico? think. Yeah. I thought we were gone for longer than that. I don't think I don't know. so. Probably about... No, I think you're right. I think it was about two weeks. It was max two, I think. But we had, like, the whole time that we were there, I think I threw up on the last day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On our, yeah, it was like as we were about to head home. Yeah. And I remember because we, when we were, when we had to like cross the border, uh, I was like holding the throw up bags and I was not feeling good <laughs> that the, what are they called? Like border patrol officer or whatever. He was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm about to throw up on you, but yeah. <laughs> But yeah, and then as soon as I came back, I just all came back, and our midwife was even like, "That is so strange." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so weird. It's like I feel like it's got to be mental to some degree, because at first, at first the <laughs> the midwife was thinking like maybe it's mold in our house or something, and which I mean I, I guess it could have been because we never got it checked out. Well, that's true, but I I figured no because 
you got you started getting nauseous again at the thought of coming home which mm-hmm. like we we were still in mexico at That's that point true. so like i don't i don't know what it i don't know if it's like the trauma uh but potential trauma of like what happened with our first birth that like you to somehow tie it to this home or something i don't i don't really know but which now that i'm thinking about how you said last time that you were worried that you know like the baby was taking all my like nutrients and stuff like that i remember like the ob that we were seeing like you asked you asked that question you were like you know like she's not eating as much she's constantly throwing up is the baby like taking like all her stuff and like i don't know how exactly you asked but like you basically asked like is the baby like a parasite (laughs) and i remember the ob was like no not at all like that doesn't happen or like whatever but then when then like our midwife said that the baby takes everything from us that if they're lacking calcium that they're gonna take calcium from my teeth or something yeah and like that to me like makes more sense than like nope they don't take anything from you yeah like the the baby isn't like some <laughs> some magician that can just defy the law of physics like they they need to get calcium from somewhere they can't just create it out of thin air mm-hmm. so if you're not eating food that's giving them calcium where <laughs> where are they getting it where are they gonna get it from <laughs> yeah so and then also the start of this pregnancy i had like like all my body aches and like pain and like lower back pain that I had with our first started much earlier. Like I think I was, I don't know how far along I was, but it was like during the first trimester when I, it was before morning sickness started. I started seeing a chiropractor and then I stopped going because morning sickness started and because I didn't like them. So then I went after morning sickness stopped, I started seeing the chiropractor that I stayed with. Yeah, I remember I remember you started like your your body aches and and pains really didn't start on the second on the first pregnancy until like until you got so big that your body was shifting everything out of place. Mhm. But yeah, it started like pretty almost immediately on this one on your second one. I wonder why. Because our first fucked me up so much. <laughs> she oh. broke my body. <laughs> <laughs> Your body's like, let's just get this out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think the last, like, big difference in this pregnancy versus last was the fact that this time you were diagnosed with gestational diabetes. Which was crazy to me. <laughs> Because I remember I was like, oh, that's going to be no issue. I'll pass because I passed it last time. Barely. Yeah. You passed it by like barely. It was like by a few numbers. Yeah, but we also did. I don't think we did it right. Because I remember with our first, you know, like I had the the glucose drink that everybody does. <laughs> and I remember like you told me that I had 
five minutes to drink it, and I had to drink it while in the parking lot of the hospital. So I had it in the parking lot within the time frame that you have to, like, drink it. We walked in, and then I got a blood draw. You have to wait one hour after drinking that drink to get a blood draw. So I don't think it was... Oh. Like, I don't think we did it right. Wow, okay, I didn't realize that. So that's why I was like, like, after, like, our midwife said, like, yep, you have gestational diabetes, I started thinking, like, that makes no sense to me, like, I didn't have it with our first, and, like, yeah, it was just a few points, like, I think it was by, like, two points or something, or maybe three. I started thinking about it more, and I was like, we didn't do that right, because you said I had to do it in the parking lot in five minutes. And then we went in. So I got a blood draw in like 30 minutes after drinking it. So maybe you did actually have gestational diabetes on the first pregnancy. Or maybe I didn't because it wasn't done right is what I'm trying to say. Oh. Mm. You have to like drink the drink, wait one hour, and then get a blood draw. My blood was drawn maybe like... Probably when your blood sugar was still rising. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean is that we don't really know how, how it would have played out. Maybe it stayed high for a couple hours after that. We just don't know. Yeah. Well, either way, I was very shocked by that. Yeah. By that news then. Poor you, man. Like, I I know that, I mean, you've never had to, like, deal with any kind of, like, dietary restrictions or anything. You basically have no food allergies. I mean, yeah, technically you're allergic to shrimp supposedly but you still eat like shrimp ramen and you're fine (laughs) (laughs) well it's probably not even real shrimp (laughs) i mean fair um that's why i always say hey do you want to try shrimp (laughs) you gotta find out if i'm allergic or not i like i'd be cool with that if we had an EpiPen or if we were right next door to a hospital okay and after seeing that tiktok about the EpiPen, no thank you (laughs) yeah dude i had no idea those needles are so huge they're freaking massive. And you have to go like... That too. You have to slam, your, slam the needle into you. Yeah. Yeah. No thanks. But anyway, that's not really on... <laughs> maybe one day when I'm on my deathbed, I can be like, give me a shrimp. So you can die a little bit quicker. <laughs> yeah, I'm already on my deathbed. Why suffer? <laughs> give what me if... the shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> what if you love it and then you regret like not having shrimp your entire life? That's going to be so sad. Yeah, we if you're going to try it. Got to try it now. You got to try it when we have some kind of backup plan in place. <laughs> in the hospital parking lot. There you go. <laughs> we'll get it takeout. But if you start hyperventilating in the car from like the fumes of it, <laughs> the smell of it, then maybe we just don't eat it. <laughs> anyway, back to the story. Yeah, I've, I've never had to like watch what I eat. Yeah. Like, I've always just kind of ate whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. Especially with, like, our first, like, we just had junk food. Like, it was all, we were always eating out. We were always getting fast food. Like, I don't think I ever remember doing, like, a home-cooked meal unless it was done by someone else. But even then, like, not really. It was always some type of, like, fast food. Or, like, the mall, like, food court food. Like. For some reason, that's just all that sounded good to you. Yeah. All you could, like, stomach with your morning sickness. 
Yeah, like yeah. Once I got over the morning sickness, that's all I could. That's all I could eat. Just Wendy's burgers, and I've never had Wendy's until my first pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> junk food. Some junk food's better than no food. Yeah. And starving. So, yeah. So when our midwife said that, you know, I had to restrict what I eat or like look into like the things I could and couldn't eat, that like shattered my world <laughs> tortillas are life bro <laughs> no more tortillas sorry yeah you have no life now <laughs> no. that's literally how i felt like i was like well what's the point of eating this if i can't even have my tortillas <laughs> <laughs> poor thing <laughs> uh, but yeah so i don't know how long like i went with like with like that kind of mindset like I hate my life. Like, this is miserable. It was a long time. It was like, I feel like it was like a month. Of I, I feel like that or more. And you like pure misery. It was like every meal you were just like, Ugh, do I have to do this? Yeah, it was so bad to the point where I was like, I hope this baby comes early. Like, once I hit 37 weeks, I'm going to start inducing labor because I can't handle like, I can't handle it. Like, this is miserable. It's sad. Like, it's depressing that I can't eat whatever without my blood sugar being, like, almost 200. You're like, let's do some Tabasco shots while having sex in a car hitting a speed bump. Yeah. <laughs> and eating pineapple. <laughs> How many ways can we try to get this baby out? <laughs> But anyway, um, you ended up finding some, I think it was a TikTok or Facebook or something, someone that was saying that like the key to managing it is to just not have naked carbs or sugar. So like if meaning like don't go an hour without eating and then all of a sudden eat a cookie, like you can have a meal and you can have a cookie, just have it after you eat some chicken and broccoli with cheese or something and like it'll be fine it might raise your blood sugar a couple points but if you had eaten that cookie by itself it would maybe spike it like 50 points or something yeah and i think that's why i was like so miserable because every like nothing sounded good food wise and the things that did sound good were things like fast food restaurant stuff like Wendy's or McDonald's or like this chocolate muffin or a Pop-Tart. Like it was like all the things I could not have. Mm -hmm. And after I saw it, it was an Instagram. Well, I'm sure she has everything, but it, I follow her on Instagram. It's glucose goddess. Shout out <laughs> for saving my life. Not a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i saw a post um unless you want to be or i don't know who like suggested it oh i think i posted on on my on my due date group <laughs> about how basically my life is over <laughs> 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 and a lot of people were recommending um a book i forget what it's called a, a pointless book yeah we because skimmed it yeah we got it and i basically like skimmed through everything and it was like okay, this is stressing me out more. Like, it like showed me examples or, like, better things. Or, like, this is so 
more stressful and like pissing me off more. So useless book in my opinion. Other like literally everybody recommended that book. But in my opinion it was useless. But then there was one person or a few people that said like, oh go follow Glucose Goddess on Instagram. Like she has so many cool things and tips, whatever. And like the first thing I saw was the whole like cookie thing. Like you can have like it that it's better to have dessert than like your snack be a cookie so it's better to have a cookie as your dessert than for it to be your snack because if you have it after your good meal like your chicken or something you so you have your chicken meal and then for dessert you have your cookie then your blood sugar isn't going to be so high compared to as having a snack on basically an empty stomach and the snack being a cookie so we try that out and hallelujah yeah it was like the best thing ever like after we found that out i was like okay i feel much better this baby can cook for however long they want to cook for yep went from having some like uh, some really unappetizing meals like having plain chicken with maybe a little salt to trick you into thinking it's good <laughs> or something and like that basically be it to like having normal yeah just normal foods uh for the most part uh like a, a quesadilla and chicken and uh a giant chocolate chip muffin at the end of it and your numbers were still fine there were like maybe three or four numbers that were over like what they should have been. But when you consider that you tested your blood sugar for every single meal for months, yeah, that's totally fine. I feel like a healthy person probably has blood high blood sugar periodically, depending on what they eat, uh, if you check it every single meal. Yeah, I mean, I guess we could really talk about gestational diabetes a lot. Yeah, that should be its own episode. Which it will be on episode three. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, so episode. that's going to be our next episode. So we'll talk about that a lot more about my experience and everything. Because there's a lot, <laughs> a lot to talk about and a lot to learn. For sure. Yeah, so I guess that's the pregnancy or I guess like a summary of the pregnancy. And I guess we could get started into the actual birth story. Right on. Um, I remember you had it. I was working texted me or called me i don't remember which i work from home and i was working downstairs when you called me saying that that you were having contractions and the all day yeah and i'm like wait what <laughs> this is like a actually like a week and a half or so before the birth like before she was actually born uh so it was like false labor um but i am very very lucky to have a job that gives me 16 weeks of paternity leave. But I started taking it that day, <laughs> like a week and a half early, thinking that, you know, this is this is it. She's going to be born today, maybe tomorrow morning, early in the morning or late at night or something. Um, but it just didn't happen that way. So the contractions slowed down and stopped. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, it just didn't continue from there. So 
I then am like on paternity leave for about 10 days or so. My job has a policy where the policy is that you can take paternity up to two weeks before the baby is due or once the baby comes, whichever comes first. And this was more than two weeks before the baby was due. Uh, when they didn't come, I was just kind of like, uh, hey, job, what do I do now? <laughs> like, it is more than two weeks, and the baby didn't come, and she's not progress. She's not having contractions anymore, so what, <laughs> what should I do? And they were just like, uh, just, just take it. Just, well, actually, at first, they were like, at, at the two-week mark, just let us know if the baby has had been born has been born by then and if not then come back to work until the day that the baby's born and then take leave that day and so like we're getting up to like eight days have passed i've been on paternity for eight days and then nine days and then 10 days and i'm like man i'm gonna have to go to back to work again aren't i <laughs> turns out they were born before the 14 days came thank goodness uh but yeah like I think you were kind of worried about my job, right? Yeah, I was like, great. Now you're, now I wasn't worried that they're going to fire you, but I was just worried that like they were going to look at you bad. Like it looked bad. For yeah, like you. it would look bad on like for you. So I was like, great, this baby has to be born now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I felt so bad that you took off and nothing happened. So I was just like, that pressure started building up more and more the like more time passed on they ended up changing the recommendation for what i should do um so that it was fine like basically they just started my paternity just at that point um so that i wouldn't have to worry about coming back in at 14 days but yeah i mean i was i was a little worried about going back and just being kind of awkward with my coworkers and meetings being like so the baby didn't come. It was a false uh, false alarm. <laughs> I don't know. It would just be weird. Uh, and then leave again later on. I don't know. But didn't happen. Now I'm still on paternity leave. <laughs> About yeah. really roughly halfway through it. Mm -hmm. I don't even know. I haven't been keeping track. I guess now we're up until the day where she was born. Yeah, you. it started yeah. before I was even awake. So I'll yeah. let you start it off. Yeah, so she, this was on February 8th of 2022. And I, you know, like obviously during pregnancy, a lot of people get Braxton Hicks. And I had obviously been getting them like the whole time, basically. And the further along I got, the worse they would get and like the more they would happen. So, you know, like days before, every time I would wake up in the middle of the night and like to like flip to my other side or just try to get comfortable, every time I would roll to the other side, I would get a Braxton Hick contraction. If I, and then I wasn't comfortable, so I would have to roll again like minutes later and then I would get another contraction. Or if I had to like get up to go pee, I would get a contraction before and after. <laughs> So it was just like I was always getting them. So this time or this day when I woke up at 530 in the morning. I woke up and 
you know, like if you've never been pregnant or you've never been with somebody that's pregnant, when you're this pregnant, <laughs> it is a job <laughs> to just get in and get out of bed. You literally have to like roll to your side and that takes a while to do just to like try and get out of the bed. So I had to like roll to my side and stay on my side until the contraction went away. And I got up to use the bathroom and I went back to bed and I was still getting them. But I just assumed they were Braxton Hicks. And after like, at this point, like I was like, okay, I have to like go to the bathroom again. But this time, yeah, so at this time I had to poop. And that, like, as soon as I did that, I was, like, my my mind went to, like, our firstborn. And I was like, oh, like, I wonder if this is it. Because it was, like, <laughs> it was very loose stools. Yeah, like, the same thing happening, kind of. Yeah. So Not the like, water breaking part, but. Yeah, so, like, the same thing happened. So I was like, okay, I wonder if this is labor or what's going on so that was like okay i'm gonna start timing contractions or timing these contractions and see what happens and i was just laying in bed and like like half laying in bed half going back to the bathroom and they were coming like every 10 minutes lasting for about a minute long and usually they say that it's true labor if they're lasting if they're like a minute long, coming like like every five minutes for an hour or something, and an hour had passed and they were just coming every ten minutes but lasting a minute, and the week and a half before they were coming like every two to five minutes but lasting like thirty seconds or something. So those were Braxton Hicks, or I guess just false labor. But this time it were 10 minutes, lasting about an hour. And usually, like, our, like, everyone says, like, if you're in early labor, just go to sleep, take a nap, relax, whatever. But I could not sleep. So I was like, okay, I can't sleep. So I'm just going to get up and be productive. Like, I'm going to start cleaning these, like, diffusers that we want to use. Uh, like, I just want to start cleaning. But that was, like, really hard to do. Because they were, like, coming at this point maybe, like, every eight minutes or something. So, like, every time I had to, like, I started something, I would get a contraction. And it was, like, for a minute long. So it was, like, every, like, five to eight minutes, I'm getting contractions that are lasting a minute, minute and a half. And I can't do anything about it. It... It didn't seem like it, that would be very difficult to do things while you're contracting because it's only for like, I know in the beginning, but it's like really roughly they're like five minutes apart and a contraction's only a minute long. So you get to clean for five minutes and then you stop for one minute. Like that's still five minutes of cleaning for every, that's still of every six minutes you get to clean for five of them. And that doesn't sound like that would be that hard to get stuff done. But it is so hard to get stuff done. I don't know why. I guess it's just because you, like, lose your your flow, your state of flow of, like, your rhythm of cleaning. 
because you have to stop everything you're doing, put everything down, and then rethink about, okay, where do I want to start, or where did I leave off, or whatever. That was surprising to me. Yeah. Yeah, same here, because I thought we were going to be able to get, like, everything clean, and we didn't get to have everything that I wanted to have clean, cleaned. But yeah, so I waited until, like, I didn't want to wait, like, I didn't want to wake you guys up. Like, I was hoping and thinking that you guys will, like, sleep in, because I was like, oh, I want them to, like, sleep in, because I have no idea how long this is going to take. So. I'm not going to wake them up. I'm just going to keep cleaning until everything's done and then wait for you guys to wake up. But that didn't happen. You guys woke up like right at 730. Yeah, and you came out and I was like, I don't know. I think this is it. But like they've been coming like every whatever minutes at the time I told you. And you were like, well, have you texted the midwife? And I was like, no, not yet, because I don't want to be another false labor, and I don't want to, like, bother them and, like, make them think this is it when it's not, and it's going to be, like, so embarrassing. That was so, like, I was very, like, just tell her. Like, if if it's not, if it's false labor, like, let that be her call. She's the one trained to know, like, these things. like. If if she says that it's not labor or thinks it's not la- true labor, then okay, then she just won't come. I was like, I'd rather her know than and be here or whatever than her not know. And then turns out, whoop, here comes the baby. <laughs> yeah. So because of that, I was like, okay, fine, I'll text her. Because there was just like so much I wanted to do. Like I wanted to clean the house. I wanted, you know, to like, wanted a shower i wanted to like make sure everything was like set up and ready in case like that like today was the day so i was like okay like i'll text her and then like we'll have breakfast and then shower and then see what happens and like i texted her like just a heads up like i don't know if this is it but i've been having contractions since 5 30 and they're now coming like every whatever minutes. So then we just had breakfast. Our midwife knew what was going on. And I told you like I wanted you to like go to the store and buy some fruit. Because I really wanted to have like fruit for me to like snack on during labor. So I sent you to do that. And dude, I booked it. I was I was hustling to get there and back. Yeah, it was fast. Yeah, it, luckily we've got an Aldi, I don't know, like a, a, maybe a six-minute drive from us. I flew into the parking spot. <laughs> there was nobody there, so I didn't have to really worry about it. But I flew into the parking spot. Like I ran. I literally ran inside. <laughs> I didn't even get a cart. I just carried everything in my arms. and yeah i just got in the car threw it in the car ran back yeah so i think i mean while i think while you were gone i think i had maybe like between one to three contractions maybe while you were gone i don't really know yeah so (laughs) then you got home and i think after you got home i was like 
I think that's when I wanted to like go in the shower. So we all went to the bathroom and, you know, we had our two-year-old in the shower with us. So like we didn't have to like keep track of her. We could all just have one last relaxing one-on-one time. So yeah, so in contractions during the shower were like the worst obviously not the worst but like the worst I felt since 5 30 like I just like I had no room for me to like move anywhere or like get into a position that I felt comfortable the water was not helping at all and a lot of people say that like a shower does help too like a bath like bath water no that did not help me at all like I would I was so miserable in the shower, and I was like, I just need to get clean and be done. But yeah, so after after the shower and after those contractions, then you got in the shower, and I don't know what I was doing. I think I was just getting more stuff ready. I don't really know. But then our midwife called and was like, uh, or she texted saying like, like, how's it going? And I think I texted her being like, they're coming about every five minutes now, or maybe like every four minutes. I don't really remember. And they're definitely getting more intense. So at this point, they were definitely getting way more intense. And he got done with the shower. And like, I think this is when I like started crying. And I was like, what did I get myself into? Like, these are actually getting painful. Like, I, like they definitely don't feel good. How am I going to be able to handle it when I'm further along and, like, ready to push? Like, what if I can't do it? <laughs> like, just all of these things. These negative things. But, yeah, then you... Came in and, like, hugged you and said... Uh, you you had a big, like, full-body mirror with some affirmations on it. Um, and I just... I remembered a few a few of them that were apl- applicable and I just kind of like recited them to you but like I mean me- meaning every word of it of them but something like I don't know this this pain is power or like I don't really even remember which ones I said but um just comforting things and like empowering you and saying like you can do this and yeah after that moment like that was the one time that I was like, or that not I that you were like panicking or to me that it looked like I I'm not in your head I don't know but that was the only time that I saw you panic. After that, you went into full beast mode and just <laughs> you never had a word of complaint the entire time, even when like pushing her out. <laughs> Full beast mode. Yeah, so you call you definitely calmed me down, and like helped me get my shit together. Because <laughs> I was, yeah, yeah. Those were, I don't know if they were just like bad because of like I just couldn't find a good position, and I never really did ever like the whole labor because like my back was hurting like that was like the worst like like I had back pain the entire time like I had like no break from that 
So I don't know if that was like considered like back labor or what, but I was like, yeah, my back was the worst pain and then add in more pain with contraction. So I was just like. I don't think it was back labor because the counter pressure on your hips didn't do anything. And like, that's the one thing that they say, like, do this if you have back labor. Yeah, so I'm wondering if doing the counter pressure is what caused my back pain. But whoops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so after that we just we all got ready, we started to clean more and so I think it was maybe a little bit before her nap, but our midwife called and was like, um, like I'm gonna have lunch. Um, oh no, no, this was before, not before our shower. She was like, I'm going to have lunch and I'll call you after and see how you're doing. After the shower, she called and was like, do you want me to go over there? And I told her, I was like, I have no idea. Like, they're definitely bad. (laughs) Like, they're definitely worse and they're definitely painful. But I just don't know when you should come because I don't, like, I, I was like, I just don't know like when I need help or like how I can use help. And I told her, I was like, I just don't want like everyone to come over and for it to be false labor or for it to be a long labor. And then everybody has to go home and then come back home or come back to our house again. So I was like, I have no idea when I when I want you to come like, but they're definitely bad. And she was just like, okay, well, I'm just gonna, like, get my things ready, and then I'll head over your way. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. And then, so yeah, so, like, she, like, finally came, I think, around maybe two, and, like, I had a few contractions while she was there. Like, when she first arrived, I think I had, like, maybe two or three, and she was like, well, I definitely don't have to check you. Like, I think, like, you're, I definitely think you're in labor, but I I can check you if you want. And I was definitely, that was, like, my one thing where I was, like, where I was, like, I don't want to be checked a lot because it's fucking painful, like, to be checked. So I was, like, I definitely don't want to be checked a lot, but I do want to be checked to know, like, how I'm progressing, if at all. So when she first came, I was like, yes, I definitely want you to check me because I'm curious. (laughs) And the whole time we're like recording this, I remember like I I said that to her, like I was like, because I'm curious, I want to know if I'm dilating. And so she checked me and I was a six. Yeah, I was a six, but she said that she could stretch me to a seven. And that's... Like, I remember, like, we both looked at each other, like, what? Wait, what, already? <laughs> yeah, we were like, what? A six? Yeah, I mean, what time was this at? This was probably this around, was like, between 2 to 3. Okay. Like, 2, 3 p.m. I was at a six or seven. Six, six and a half. We just continued laboring at home. And Watching the office between contractions. Yeah, so we had the office as background noise and i don't know like i don't know like when she asked but like she asked something like if i wanted the pool or something like the birth pool 
but you guys started setting it up and like filling up the the um the birth pool and so while you guys are doing that i'm like basically by myself like dealing with these contractions and that was kind of like hard because they were definitely one coming like they're definitely closer together and like very strong at this point that I was like feeling a bit pushy so I was pushing to like get some relief but yeah and I and we also had a doula but I didn't know like when she should come over just because like I didn't really want her there for a long time because I wasn't super comfortable with her so but then whenever I was left alone, I was like, okay, I definitely need someone here to, like, help me, like, do something. Like, maybe she'll, like, know what to do to, like, help give me some relief. So I texted her, like, like, oops, I forgot to tell you. Like, Andy checked me out. I'm at a six now. And they're filling up the pool. Like, I think you should come over now or something. And then she came over. So then our whole birth team was basically there so yeah so our whole birth team is there I'm still laboring and just like on the couch living room I think I was at at this time the whole time that I had been pregnant I was I was always saying like I will only use the birth pool for pain management like I do not want to give birth in there like I want to get in the pool and then get out and like birth on land like I don't want to birth in the water and so our midwife was like well the pool is ready for whenever you want to get in and at this point my back pain was like so horrible that I was like okay yes like I definitely need to get in because usually when I have back pain my bath helps so I was like okay yeah, let's get in the in the birth pool. So I get in the birth pool and yeah, I just deal with contractions. Our midwife is filling up the, the pool more with more hot water. And that was a whole scenario. <laughs> so our our water tank wasn't big enough to completely fill it with warm water. We ran out of hot water. So the midwife recommends that we get some boiling water over the stove, fill up the pots, and dump it in the pool as we're like waiting for the water heater to reheat. So we do that. And then we, once the water heater is like reheated or at least partially reheated, then we, you know, turn that back on and fill up the pool again. And. <laughs> <laughs> so the temper it's supposed to be i i think she said somewhere between like 97 and 99 or something like that degrees and it was like 106 it was too hot yeah i was getting cooked like a lobster in there yeah you were sweating your balls off yeah <laughs> not yeah uh, i i don't know how this happened but i don't know how so many people dropped the ball myself included like at least one of us should have thought to check the temperature of the water. We're putting boiling hot water in this. How are we not thinking to check this? Yeah, and I was just so 
focused on contractions and my back pain that I was like, well, this hot water is giving me instant relief for my back pain. So this hot water is great. But then I was like sweating and I was like feeling very like weak. Like I was like, like, I don't know how to explain that. Like over like, like fatigued. Like my eyes closed the whole time. I would only open them like before, like right at the start of a contraction to put like the cold rag away. And then I would close them again, like while I was dealing with the contraction. Like I would just open my eyes to grab the cold rag from our doula. And then I would just sit there, the cold rag on my face or on my neck. And that was just like glorious. Yeah, that water was so hot that I don't know. Like I didn't even, like I also didn't think to say, like, this water is really hot. Like I think I did. But it was already, like, too late. Like, I think I was like, this feels really hot. Eventually, we put some cold water in it once we realized it. But, yeah, you had been in that really hot water for, like, I don't, I don't know the actual timing, but probably, like, an hour. Like, way too long. Yeah, that's why I was like, I think at that point, like, it was definitely too late. Because once the cold water was being put in, it... Like, I didn't cool off. Like, I was still very hot. And it's probably from contractions. Like, probably, like, all all the, like, all that work that my body's doing is probably also, like, a contributing thing to, like, me being hot. I'm sure. But, yeah. Yeah, meanwhile, like, while we're filling up the pool and you're laboring and getting overheated... <laughs> Uh, while all that's happening, we've got our, our, our first, our first daughter wakes up from her nap and maybe she was already awake. I don't know, but she's around the house running around trying to, you know, just being distracting. We've got a mini, we bought a mini, like a used miniature trampoline for her to jump on to keep herself distracted for the birth that we didn't even give it to her until then. So that it would be like a new thing for her to be excited about. She didn't even care about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she was more into the boxes that our midwife brought with like all like the birthing tools needed. Yeah, of course, it's got like a thousand things in it. Um, but eventually, like you know, she wants to get in the pool, so I put on her her swimsuit, and she gets in. And then, like two minutes later, she's already over it, and she wants to get out. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> this is going to be too frustrating to get her in and out. She's going to get cold from like getting in and out of the water and running around the house wet. I'm not going to be able to spend enough time to dry her off while I'm trying to help Susie through her contractions. So I'm like, I'm just going to take her swimsuit off. We're going to put clothes on her. She's not going to get in anymore because I just don't want this to be like, I don't want my attention to be so drawn away from Susie while she's going through this that, like, I'm, I basically, one, I miss it, and two, I can't be there to support her. I just didn't want that to happen. So I know you wanted her in there, like, while everything was happening, but I, it just, I didn't know how I could reasonably do it without taking away from the pregnancy as a whole, or the labor and delivery as a whole. Yeah, which now I think that she probably got out because the water was too hot. 
Yeah, that, I mean, probably. Because makes... I remember when she first got in, she kind of like jolted or like shivered or something. Damn. I feel really bad about that now. I mean, like, I felt bad about it before, but, like, I hadn't thought about it from our daughter's reaction perspective. Wow. Well, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, once I take her out and dry her off and put normal clothes on her, I, we have a closet of toys. I just opened the closet. Like, we always keep it closed with, a like, a childproof lock thing on it. and. We do like a toy rotation. We take a couple toys out for a few days and or whatever. Um, and all of the toys in the closet are kind of locked up while we have certain toys on display. But for the sake of trying to keep things easy, I just opened the closet door <laughs> and just let her go ham in that closet. I didn't. I don't. I didn't care if she broke any of them. I didn't care if she like made a mess of it i just i just wanted it easy to be easy well so i could focus on you and boy did she make a mess of it yeah <laughs> and then she grabbed a so i've in it i've got my like recorder from high school i think it was maybe element i don't know what it was from from school i've got a recorder uh like a flute type recorder thing um and she comes out like blaring this recorder playing like the same tune same tone over and over and over again <laughs> nice and loud right in front of our faces while you're trying dealing with contractions and getting ready to push a baby out nice and nice and peaceful relaxing music <laughs> yeah i was so out of it or into it i don't know they're like i don't remember hearing her do that until we watch the birth videos that's crazy i don't know how you could miss it it's it was so loud and obnoxious i mean eventually i i ended up taking that away and letting her just play with other toys but yeah at times she would like come up to you and like rub your back and say like good job mama or stuff like that it's really cute I mean, at this point, you were like, I don't know if you were feeling like you needed to push or like you were or you were pushing, but like we were getting really close to that stage. Well, I had already felt and I was already doing some pushing. Like before the doula and I'm pretty sure even before our midwife came, like I just like I was pushing. Like doing that myself. To get like some contraction relief. But yeah, so like when we were in, or when I was in the birthing pool, you know, like after some time of being in there, I asked um, our midwife, like if she could check me again. I wanted to see like how far along I was this, at this time. And so she checked me, and I was already at like between like an eight or nine. So I was like very close to pushing, but she said that, you know, her head was very low, like she could like feel her head. And I remember like she said, like, you know, if you put your fingers in inside, you can feel the head. So I did that. And like, I don't like, 
Like, I know, like, she said that. I wonder if she had, like, checked me twice. I don't know. Like, I, at some point, like, I did reach in and, like, I was able to feel her head, which was a very weird feeling. But yeah, so we're just still in the birthing pool. I don't know what's going on around me, but. You were completely out of it. Yeah. Like, I. You looked like you were in a trance. Yeah, like, I, at this point, like, contractions were not. Like, I mean, they were definitely painful, but, like, each time that I had a contraction, I, my body would just push. Like, I was, like, I had, like, no control over it. Like, I was just pushing. I mean, they were very short pushes. So, yeah, so I was just letting my body do its thing. And, um, I guess, I, I guess I was, like, on hands and knees. Like, I guess that's what you would call it, because I was on my knees, and then I would lean forward to, like, be leaning over my hands. And that's how I was, like, dealing with each contraction for the entire, pretty much the entire time that I was in the pool until our midwife said, like, let's try a different position. Like, it was kind of like, I don't know what kind of position it was, like. The one where your leg was in the front, sort of? Yeah, like, sideways. Kind of like a, I would call it maybe like a, a. Like a lunge. Really forward lunge. Yeah. And then I would like lean my body over during the contraction and then lean back or like sit normally when I had no contractions, which when I did that, like I think I just did that for like a few contractions and then I just had to stop because they were, it was like the worst position. I hated it switched or i think maybe this is when i had asked her to check me or something so now i feel like i have to like watch the birth video again because i can't remember if she like if like i know she like checked me like during the beginning ish of the when i got in she did not check you after that one she said that she could like she could do it but it would be kind of hard like you might have to get out all right or something like that so no 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 she said she did check me but she said she couldn't reach all the way because of because i was in the pool because i remember she didn't say like oh you're at a whatever like she ended up checking me and was like was like oh Susie, her head is right there so low and i remember asking her like what does that mean <laughs> like i was so out of it and i was like what does that mean and she was just like, like her head is like right there. And so she was like, so like these next contractions, like let's really try to like get those longer, stronger pushes so that we can get her out. And that's when I like, when I was like, oh, can I like feel? And she was like, yeah, go ahead. And I, that's when I like reached in and I definitely felt her head. So yeah, after that, that's when I like really started to like, I guess like really push. Because before then, I was just doing, like, very short pushes. Yeah, so after that, I started doing, like, longer, stronger pushes. Then she was born. Yeah. <laughs> she was born. <laughs> yeah, like, what else? <laughs> like, yeah, nothing else happened after that. I mean, I was very nauseous feeling. Like, I, start, I felt like I needed to throw up, which I think is probably why I was doing the shorter pushes. But 
because I would like the feeling of throwing up would get worse when I was doing the longer pushes. I mean, I guess backtracking just a couple minutes, like right before she was born, her she was born with so much hair that it her hair was sticking out of you for like one or two contractions where like you could it looked like you had like inch long pubic hair or something <laughs> sticking just kind of dangling out of you. Yeah, my wife said it was just like floating in the birth pool water. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, Matt, look, you see her hair and just floating there. Yeah, it, it totally like, this is such a weird comparison, but like it, it reminded me of like, like some weeds at the bottom of the ocean or something just kind of swaying in some gently, in the gently swaying ocean waves or whatever. It was, it just looked, so cool and peaceful in there i was just like whoa (laughs) um and then like as the baby's as as her head started coming out our midwife was like rapid fire listing out the parts of the baby's face that were coming up did you want to say that no so before her head was coming out uh, you weren't in the birth pool yet, so the whole plan was to like for Matt to catch, catch the baby, catch her. So you weren't in the birth pool yet, and she. I don't know. I guess you tell it because I don't really remember exactly what happened. Yeah. So about one contraction after seeing our daughter's hair stick out of you, our midwife said to uh, said that. It's going to be a like really soon for me that I I'll need to get in the water. And I like I took that as like really soon means not right now, but get ready to. And then like 10 seconds, maybe not 10 seconds, maybe like 30 seconds later or something like that. Our midwife is like okay, it's it's happening. Let's get in. Matt, you can go ahead and get in or something like that. And I'm I'm just like Oh shit, am I going to miss it? <laughs> so I I literally just like I I ripped my shirt off and I've got I had already put swim trunks on. But I walk around to the side of the pool it's open. I practically jump in and um yeah, I get in, make sure I'm not in the camera's way and then uh and then the baby's head starts coming out. I I I got in with maybe like 30 seconds to spare. If I had gotten in maybe 30 seconds later, I might have been too late to catch her. She, um, as, as her head is coming out of you, our midwife is like practically like rapid fire listing out the parts of the, of the, her face that's coming out of you. Like we're at eyebrows, eyes, nose, upper lip, lower lip, chin, and we're at neck. And shoulder, like just all the way through, like basically everything, and then, and then she's out. <laughs> she just popped right out. Yeah, well, I remember from watching the video and feeling it that, like, when her her head popped out first, and then I think we just waited until like the next contraction to like birth her body. But, like, her head was out, and while her head was out, our midwife was trying to, like, unwrap the cord 
because the cord was around her neck. But she, I guess she wanted to do that before her body came out. But she was doing that in like grazing or like touching like all my parts down there. And that was like out of like everything, definitely the most painful thing. Because like even like her head coming out was not even that painful. Like I just remember it just felt like a big stretch and that was it. Her head was out. It was like her touching me there. So yeah, so she's like trying to unwrap the cord and like that was really painful. And then I think just the next contraction, I just like pushed and her body came out and out of like delivering her, like the most painful was definitely her body. And yeah, like when she came out, I like, grabbed her i flipped her up so that because her you know she was head head first and i flipped her up to so that i could put her on you and i still hadn't seen if if she was a boy or girl at this point yet we still didn't know uh but she but she was resting on your on your chest and she sat there covered by a towel pouring some warm water over the towel to keep her nice and warm against you and I don't know, a couple of minutes pass. Yeah, she was born at 5.30. Yeah. So it was 12, exactly 12 hours of labor from the moment I woke up in the morning till she came out. We were just all there, relaxing, and just enjoying. Mm-hmm. Like all, like, that moment of her coming out and everything. And then our midwife asked if we if I wanted to know what we had and I just like looked at you (laughs) and I know that you wanted to like have some time before finding out so I was like I wanted to make sure that you were okay with it yeah and I just kind of looked at you and like I don't know are you ready for this and you like nodded your head or said yeah or something and I looked and it's a girl yeah that was a crazy moment yeah yeah, I don't even remember like like that moment well. Like I obviously know that you what? said it was a girl, but like after we watched the video, like everybody was like cheering and like basically screaming like woo, like it's a girl. I don't remember that at all. I just remember like I don't know, I guess I was just like into like our little moment, yeah, I guess I wasn't like paying too much attention to like my surroundings, but yeah, because I don't remember the, the screaming, cheering until I watched the video. Wow, that's awesome. This uh is a bit of a tangent, but in case anyone was interested, uh, on the office, she was born at during the episode the ho- the first season's Halloween episode where. Creed was about to get fired, but ended up not getting fired. It was during that scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had had to do like some math of like, uh, we didn't actually notice that she was born during that point, but we like listened to like the most, like the latest recognizable clip of like of the recording, and then we like counted until the, she was born, and then. 
you know, watched the office, rewatched that part of the office <laughs> until we were like, okay, it was this moment. But yeah, like after she was born and after, like really shortly after finding out that she was a girl, everything happened so fast. It was mind-blowing how fast this went. Yeah, so after like finding out it was a girl, we kind of just chilled in the pool for like a few minutes, I think, maybe like five like, I think we were, like, there for, like, five to ten minutes total after her birth. And I was just kind of, like, over it being in there. And so I was, like, I think I'm ready to get out. So I was, like, yeah, I think I'm ready to get out. And, like, I needed, like, everybody's help to get out because I couldn't. Like, it just felt so weird trying to stand up. Like, it just felt like everything was going to fall out. Like, everything felt so loose and squishy and just not right. So I remember, like, I think you were holding her while I was trying to get up. And because the placenta was still inside, like, the placenta hadn't been delivered yet. So you were holding her and I was going to get out. So as soon as I stood up, I guess, like, some clots... And, like, more bleeding came out. And then that's when, like, everything just got insanely crazy. Like, it was like, go, go, go. They had you get out of the pool. And while I was carrying, while I was holding our daughter, and, like, I had to stay close, but not too close. Because the cord is still attached to the placenta inside of you still. So, like, I've got a limited... I'm on a leash, basically, <laughs> and I, if I got too far, I'd pull on it and potentially open up a big old wound inside of you. If I got too close, I might bump bump you and you might, like, fall. And But then you ended up getting out. What happened after you got out? So I got out of the pool, and they were, like, rushing me to, like, get out of the pool. And our midwife was like, Okay, as soon as you get out of the pool, you're going to squat over here and we're going to deliver the placenta. And I was just, you know, like in pain, like everything feels off. So I was like, what is the rush? Like, why are they rushing me? Like, this is like they're pissing me off. (laughs) Like, and why am I delivering the placenta so soon? Um, Because I had watched like all these home births video where they, they can just chill for like whatever minutes and before the placenta comes. So that's what I wanted to do too. Like I wanted everything to be attached for until it's time to come come out whenever whenever they were ready to come out, I guess. <laughs> so I got out and I immediately like had to squat next to the pool and uh pushed a little bit and just slid out and they put the placenta in a little like bowl and I guess like our midwife had the bowl with the placenta and you were carrying her to our room so you guys left to go to our room and I stayed back with our midwife's assistant which is another midwife and Yeah, like, I just stayed back, and she was like, 
oh, we're actually going to have you lay down here. And I'm going to have to give you some Pitocin. And, like, at this point, she's, nobody has had said that, like, I was, like, hemorrhaging. Like, nothing. But, like, when she said, like, I'm going to give you Pitocin, like, that's when I knew. Because at the home visit, she had said, like, and in case of, like, bleeding, we have Pitocin to give you. So I was like, okay, I'm bleeding out. So, like, I know. Did what was going through your mind? Like, were you worried? Were you anxious? Just out of it? I was so out of it. Like, I was just like, okay. She's <laughs> going to give him Pitocin. Okay. Wow. And then, so she gave me Pitocin. I missed all this because I was in the room. Yeah. And so she, it was a shot on my leg, on my thigh. And... She, like, rubbed it in to, like, mm. give me a shot and then, like, rubbed it in. Probably just to make sure it didn't just, like, to speed up the dispersing into your body. Yeah, she was just, like, like kind of, like, rough with it. And I was hmm. so thrown thrown back. <laughs> but, yeah, and then she was just, like, um, our doula was, like, still next to me. And the midwife, the assistant midwife started, like, pushing on my stomach to like get um like more blood out and she was kind of hoping that like the clots would the clots would like come out with the pushing of my stomach like the fundal massage and like I remember she like pushed on my stomach and I felt like a gush of blood come out of me like and I like yeah like I just like felt that like gush out like it was like <laughs> wow like it shot out? yeah like i mean it didn't shoot out like very far but it definitely like, it definitely shot out like wow. it didn't just trickle down like it was kind of like like a pea stream I, i'm kind of i mean i'm not but i'm almost glad i wasn't there i feel like i might have panicked yeah I mean, blood doesn't, I wouldn't be queasy or anything, but like, I'm just such an anxious person knowing, I was anxious in the room when I heard, well, you're getting to that. Yeah. Yeah. So then she did that and that was like definitely painful. And I remember like squeezing our doula's hand because she was like really pushing in there because apparently the fundal massage is to like get your uterus to start contractions so it can like shrink back down and the more it shrinks the less blood loss I guess yeah so she was like really pushing it and that's when I felt like the gush of blood come out and she kind of like stopped for a little bit and then she put like more like kind of like those like puppy pads like training like pee pads under me and chucks pads yeah they're these yeah they call them chucks pads and that's when I guess like she saw that I was still bleeding or something. And that's when she started calling to our midwife that was in the room with you still like, hey, there's bleeding. You need to start gloving up. And she's shouting that because our midwife was in our bedroom with me while the assistant was with you in the living room. Um, so yeah, like she, our midwife didn't know any of this was happening either. I, I don't think, <laughs> uh, cause when she did that, she like, she was saying something to me and then she heard, Hey, we need, 
you know, she, there's bleeding and she like kind of like paused, took like a second to process and then like basically ran to the door out or to the hallway to like talk from a distance to the assistant. And I was just like, oh God, what's happening? I thought Susie was, or I thought you were just going to come right in here with me. And you're over here bleeding out while I'm like just waiting. You're going to come in here? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, during that time, that's the assistant midwife ended up giving me another shot of Pitocin on my other thigh. And then she also gave me like four little pills of Cytotec, which apparently also is just like another type of like um, to like stop the bleeding. Yeah, and then I guess at this point, it, I was still bleeding, and that's, I think, when she called out to our midwife. And our midwife comes out, and then she's basically, like, does, like, more of, like, the fundal massage. And, like, more blood is, like, coming out. Like, like little gushes are more coming out. And that's when she says, the, like, you know, like, you you still have some clots in you, like, inside you. Like, I'm going to have to, like, go in there and scoop them out, <laughs> scrape them off, like, whatever it's called. But I think at this point, like, you were out. Like, I think you were with me. Yeah, I mean, not. at some point, they... And did you see her go scrape, like, scoop them out? Or Honestly? were you not there yet? Honestly, I don't remember when I came out, when I came out of the room and it was clear that like you wouldn't be coming in our bedroom for a minute, for a while. Um, I, I came out there and I was, I was more focused on like you and our daughter than like what they were doing for the most part. Like I trusted them. I trusted their processes. I'm like, if, if they need something, they'll say me, they need me for something or that we need to go to the hospital or something. But until that happens, I'm just going to be there for you and for our daughter. So I don't I don't really know if I was there for that. I remember asking, like, am I going to have to go to the hospital? And the assistant midwife was like, nope, like, that's not the plan. Like, we're going to get this under control. And, yeah, so our midwife had to, like, reach in and, like, scoop out, I guess, like, leftover placenta or, like, clots or I don't really know, like, how that works. Like, a clot, like, how she had, how that clot even formed or, like, how she had to, like, scoop them out. Like, I don't really know how that Who works, knows? but. Well, I guess they do. Yeah, but <laughs> she had to, like, reach in and scoop them out. And after doing that, she ended up doing, like, fundal massages. And, yeah. Then I guess after that, like, I remember they were like, all right, let's get baby on mom. And then that's when I remember, like, I had her back on my chest. So that's why I don't know if, like, if you were there for, like, the scooping out part or not. But, yeah, so that happened. The hemorrhage was controlled. And then that's it. I got moved to the couch. And I got to do skin to skin for over an hour, I think. And our midwife was like, 
you do have a first degree tear, which will want to, you know, do stitches um, within like an hour because that's when like your skin starts to like heal itself. And so, yeah, I did skin to skin. And then we started doing the stitching part. That was pretty painless. So, I mean, from what you said. Like, yeah. The I mean, hardest like, part was the numbing. Yeah. The, the worst part was like the actual needle for the numbing medicine whatever it is i think it was like lidocaine that was like injected but yeah like getting needle in there is like was pretty painful (laughs) but yeah like i didn't really feel like the stitching part at all or anything oh yeah and then like while i was still like on the ground and they were like all right like you want to cut the cord so i ended up cutting the cord And that was definitely the weirdest thing ever. And so, like, mushy and, like... Almost, like, crunchy between the scissors. Yeah. Like a soft crunch, like a... Like biting into a water chestnut or something. Yeah. But I got to do it this time. And, yeah. And while I was getting stitched up, then it was your turn to have skin to skin with her. After that, then we just ended up taking like her vitals and like checking her height and weight, which was she was eight pounds and 20 inches, which was our biggest baby so far. (laughs) Oh, yeah, by far. Home birth was just so much better. It was intimate. It was overall peaceful. It was happy. It was like, it was what we wanted. Just completely night and day. Yeah. I, if I could, if we ever have more, I desperately want them to be home births. Oh, yeah. That's all. I'm ever doing unless something crazy happens that it has to be in the hospital like I will never have a hospital birth ever again yeah yeah we got to sleep on our own bed yeah everybody like from the time that she was born until they left I think it was like a total of like three hours maybe three and a half that they were there and then everybody went home. We were left alone at the hospital. We had like nurses coming in and out. I got no sleep. Every time I was about to fall asleep, a nurse would come in and say, I need to check your vitals or you need to nurse the baby. And this time it was just peaceful. And it was like perfect timing too, because like she came at 530 and then we had to put our first down for her for her bedtime at like eight eight thirty, and it was just like so nice being able to have like that one on one time with our second born, without feeling bad about ignoring our first. Yeah. Yeah. And then we went to bed. Yeah, I mean, like it was so much better that. So with our first, you got. Uh, either you got postpartum depression or something like it and like you we were you were like afraid to go to the store 
because like the second she made a noise like fussed at all <laughs> in the stroller we would just like have anxiety attacks and we just had we had to get out of the store as quick as possible for some reason that we just couldn't take it and yeah. like there were fights and like between family members and stuff like our ex uh what do you call it like my parents in-laws um, huh my in-laws yeah your in-laws my parents um just a whole bunch of stuff like so much so that it like it overshadowed for a while it overshadowed a lot of the joy of being parents uh first time parents but this time it was com- like completely 180 it was at one point it was so good that you said you thought it might have even been a bit like healing yeah like, <laughs> i feel like crying right now it's just so so good it's such a relief to have like the exact opposite of what happened for our firstborn like i mean there's just like so much that like i still don't know but like there's just like postpartum anxiety there's postpartum depression there's like postpartum anger like apparently those are all a thing which at the time i just thought it was just postpartum depression and that's it but yeah like i remember if a store trip would take longer than an hour i wouldn't go like i would send you to go like grocery shopping if it's gonna take longer than an hour we're not going like you can go by yourself or we're doing like walmart pickup which honestly, I don't even know if Walmart pickup was a thing yet. I don't think so. No, that was like 2019. Yeah, Walmart she was pickup born didn't in 2019. Until... Say what? She was born in 2019. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying that Walmart pickup didn't start until like, well, at least by us, it didn't start until like 2020. Yeah. But yeah, so because. And then, like, whenever we would go to the store and she would start, like, fussing or, like, crying or something, we would just, like, leave immediately. And, like, we would try and, like, deal with her in the car, like, away from people. Like, I just could not handle being in public or, like, around people. And, like, this time I'm just, like, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't had, like, a single sign of any of that this time, which is just such a, it's so great. Yeah, (laughs) which is, like, I don't know, kind of sad, because, like, this time, you know, like, we didn't have, like, any visitors for, I think, like, 10 days after her birth or something, maybe, like, a little bit longer. And, you know, with our first, I didn't want anyone to hold her. Like, I didn't want anyone to even ask to hold her. Like, I couldn't stand being in the same room when people would hold her. Certain people would hold her. But, like, this time when my mom and sister came over, I for sure thought that I was going to not even, like, offer them to, like, hold her. But I was just, like, like, after a little bit of time uh, after she woke up, because, you know, she slept for so long that day. But, like, I remember, like, I asked my mom, like, do you want to hold her? 
and like I felt nothing. Like I mean, that sounds horrible. <laughs> like I felt no like negative emotions. Okay, I was like, wait a minute, hang on a second. <laughs> maybe I maybe I spoke too soon, but like there were no signs. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, that sounds horrible. I felt nothing. I have no soul. <laughs> You're a black hole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why I was like, wait, that sounds horrible. No. Yeah, like, no, like, I felt, like, no negative emotions. Like, I was, I actually felt happy to, like, offer her to hold her. Wow. But, yeah, like, this time, like, I'm actually, like, happy. And, like, I want to, like, show her off and, like, whatever. And it just, like, makes me more upset and sad with your whole family. That's why, like, with your sister, I was, like, I was, like, excited for her to, like, come over. And then everything happened. Yeah. For anyone that's kind of curious, like, well, that'll, I'm sure that'll be another episode. Yeah. Someday. Yeah. That, that'll probably be a really long episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then, um, we had postpartum visits were just different this time. Like, with our first, we... You know, stay, we had her, and we stayed in the hospital for three days, and then that was it. We didn't see a doctor or anything until six weeks later. And this time, you know, we had her. They, Our midwife stayed for about three hours before leaving, and then she came to our house for the next, like, six weeks. Like, she came twenty, like when she was 24 hours old. And then, like, I think, like, three days old, and then a week, and then two weeks, and then I think after that was, like, four weeks old, and then now six weeks, and I think six weeks is, like, the last visit. And then we have the option to go to her office when she's 12 weeks. But, yeah, then every postpartum visit she would just come and check on me and baby and constantly asking like how I'm feeling like physically emotionally like everything which like no one did with our first like even at the six weeks like I remember telling that OB like this is how I'm feeling and I don't know if it's normal but like I don't think it's normal for me because I didn't feel like this before and it was like completely dismissed yeah, the dude was like, oh, that's normal. Uh, we'll just get you some birth control. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'll give you some birth control samples. If you could see me right now, my eyes would roll so hard into the back of my head. <laughs> my eyes are rolling across the floor right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, what the... <laughs> but yeah, so, yeah, just everything about this whole pregnancy and birth was different you know like our midwife asked what our plans are for like birth control like family planning and I was like nothing because birth control has always fucked me up like it always messes with me and I just don't want to do that and you know like our first talks or whatever we were saying that this was our last baby so once this baby's born and they're healthy and everything's good, you're going to get a vasectomy. 
Snip, snap, snip, snap. <laughs> and But we told our midwife, like, last week, we were like, well, now that I'm thinking about maybe having a third baby, like, we're not so sure about a vasectomy because we don't want to be doing a snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. <laughs> Michael's, yeah. Michael G. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, so she was just, instead of being like the OB and giving us samples of birth control. She was just like, okay, I'm just going to let you know that you are very fertile after having a baby. So just keep that in mind. I don't think that's going to happen for a while with stitches. No. (laughs) (laughs) So, but yeah, so another thing that I've noticed this time around was that like, so far, there's been no signs of, like, anything postpartum, depression, anxiety, anger, like, whatever. But, like, I feel like there's, for me at least, like, I also have less worry. And I definitely feel more confident this time around than I did with our first. Like, I feel like we're more able to tell what her needs are. Like, we're like, oh, I think she needs a diaper change. Or, like, oh, I think she's about to poop or like she needs to get burped because she looks uncomfortable or something and just like we also tried co-sleeping for a few weeks and with our first we were like both deathly afraid of like co-sleeping I was more for it than you were but I was still like very scared to do it and like this time we did co-sleeping for a few weeks And just, yeah, I definitely feel more confident about everything with our second. I think part of that's just because, you know, like we've done it before. So we, we already know how to change a diaper efficiently. We already, we've already set up our, have our like cloth diaper stash. We've, we've already got a diaper bag set up, a system, all that. So it's like, we don't have to worry about any of that. We don't have to feel like noobs at this anymore. The transition from having no babies to being first-time parents was way harder than the transition of having one child to having two. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's still hard. Oh, for one, well, yeah. <laughs> I don't think ever having children is going to be an easy task, but... Yeah, I mean, so far it's been, I mean, it's been some, we've had some frustrating times, but I think that's just because our two-year-old is a shithead. (laughs) (laughs) She's learning that she can say no and that she can impose her will upon the world and test her boundaries. Yeah, which is very frustrating, especially when we're both a little bit sleep deprived and some nights more than others yeah so like that's frustrating but i mean overall i feel like it's been great so far i mean yeah there's just like yeah and like with our first like we were also like so worried about like her weight gain that i feel like that caused a lot of issues and we were constantly waking her up like every two hours on the clock like we had to set alarms and if we like slept through alarms like we would panic and then like have like a whole like scenario (laughs) of panic 
Yeah, Man. this time we have we have a nanit, uh, which for anyone that doesn't know is like basically just a monitor, a baby monitor that measures the baby's like breathing rate. And we don't even use that breathing rate aspect of it because like, I mean, frankly, we feel like it'll just make us more anxious, constantly checking for that number. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like it, it's just all, it's completely different. Yeah, and which talking about that, the Nanit, I saw a TikTok video the other day, maybe yesterday, the that somebody like posted their like video that happened. They ended up getting a false alarm, like that blaring alarm that apparently the Nanit has, that the baby had like there was no breathing detected. <laughs> In the video, you see the mom like jump up and like yank the nanit band off or something to try to un- like get her unswaddled or get it because she thought maybe it was too tight or something and the baby literally <gasps> like rolled oh, like no. like the baby was yanked across the pack and play or crib or whatever it was oh no yeah i'm assuming the baby's okay yeah the baby was fine it was just okay. a false alarm but yeah, like, yeah. So after that, I was like, oh, yeah, definitely don't want to be using that because it was just going to give me more anxiety. Man. That's so scary. Yeah. I felt like so bad for that child. Like, <laughs> all the comments were great, too. Like, Oh, I'm sure. Like, the baby, um, like, something was like, well, the baby's breath got put in with that yank or something like that. Wow. Like their breath got back into their lungs with that forceful yank. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. But yeah, yeah, so that's the birth of our second baby. Mm -hmm. And now we're just next third birth story, question mark? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, like you said. After our first daughter was born, we both were like, no more. We're just going to have this one. And then all of a sudden, I like, you changed your mind before I did. I think our reasons of why we only wanted one were different. Like, at first I said I didn't want another one because I was so, like, traumatized and scared that now all my births were going to be C-sections. Yeah, mine was definitely not that. Mine was because of, well, just the transition of being a dad. Like, having all that responsibility of, like, everything you do and say is much, much more important. You can't say the wrong thing anymore without (laughs) wondering about messing your kid up in some way. Or, I don't know, waking up five times a night, every night, for months. And having poop shoot out across the room and land on the wall and <laughs> just all this stuff. Um, but yeah, we, like we got into a groove and like every nothing seemed really that difficult with it anymore. So then we're like, you know what? Or I was like, you know what? I, I can do a second one. Let's, what do you let's let's have a second one. <laughs> yeah. And I was still kind of like back and forth. Like, I mean, I definitely wanted to have a second baby like to have a second baby but i my reasons for saying no was because of the birth like i really wanted 
the second birth to be how I wanted it to go. And I was just like, well, you can't exactly like plan birth. So I don't want to, you know, do this and then get even more traumatized by the birth not going how I wanted to go. So then now after having this amazing birth, (laughs) I'm just like, how about a third baby? How about a fourth? How about a fifth? (laughs) Because I just want to like keep experiencing birth. Like out of everything, birth was the most amazing thing ever. Like it wasn't even that painful. Like pregnancy was more painful than actually pushing out an eight pound baby. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the way that you got through it, I believe it. (laughs) It like. I don't know. I expected. I expected it to just be so different. Like I expected to like see much more pain on your eye on your face or like I I don't I don't really know exactly what I expected, but I just expected it to be more to look more painful. Obviously, I'm not in you, so I like I am not you, so I can't like say it wasn't painful, but it it didn't look like it the way you handled it. Like I said, beast mode. <laughs> just busted through it. So yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see if we do another birth story in a few years. Because definitely, if we have a third baby, I would like our second born to be at least three years old. So maybe even a little bit older. Like three or four years old. That's the birth story. And the next episode will be about gestational diabetes. But I definitely have a lot more to say about that. Yeah, so thanks for listening to another episode of The Best Messes. If you know anyone that might be interested in our show, spread the word. It would mean a lot to us. Also, if you think of a topic you'd like to hear about, or if you have some feedback for us, we love to hear from you. Feel free to email us at thebestmesses at gmail.com. That's it for this episode. Thanks again for listening and... We'll We'll see see you next mess. mess.